I just printed it and keep it folded up in a pocket on my chest. <laughs> nice. A big deal. Nice. Um, but for me, one of the bigger underrated. Uh, this hey. is too, we're just in the intro, and this is twice Chelsea's tried to ditch the show. Yeah, already. I mean, I, this I, is, we, the, we're just doing so what are we, well. What do we chop liver over here? Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, July 8th, and you're listening to episode 107 of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. And if you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whisperers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whisperers. And you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhisperers.com. We have articles, our latest episodes, and a ton of fresh swag online. And look, if you want to keep supporting our show, you can sign up as a patron of the Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. And you know what? We're here to celebrate Matt Deshaun this morning, who did just that, uh, signed yeah. up as a patron of the show. Um, who is this Matt guy, anyways? So uh, Matt Deshaun is a good friend of mine. Uh, he is in one of my leagues, uh, a longtime league, but Chelsea, he is known, his his family is known for starting the best Philly cheesesteak place in Arizona. They are called yes. Four Forefathers Pizza, or Forefathers Pizza, Forefathers Philly Cheesesteaks. Um, so if you have a chance, uh, if you're ever here, Chelsea, next time, okay. you, next time you're here, have I'm- Do you have them? You're fr- you have Philly roots and you and Phoenix roots. This is perfect. Matt is. Yeah. I'm going to sign up as a Patreon of him. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I, we I think Chelsea, Chelsea, but I think, Matt gained a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I believe Chelsea moved out to California and then they opened the restaurant. So I don't think she's actually had oh, a chance okay. to try uh, this deliciousness. But they actually import all their stuff from Philadelphia. Uh, they are they wow. do their stuff there. So um, yeah, Forefathers uh, cheese steaks. If you if you have a chance, go there. I never th- could think that I would want a you know Philly cheesesteak before eight in the morning, but here I am. Ah oh, man, like, that's how really you know you're not from one. Philly. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, when you start wanting them eight in the morning. <laughs> as soon as you wake up, <laughs> right before you go to bed, fire up the right. grill. Fire. And, listen, and you know, speaking of right before you go to bed, right before you you send your day off, uh, Whisper Nation, we've got uh, a little phone line. We hope you'll give us up a ring. Maybe your nights, your evenings, your mornings, whatever it is. But if you haven't already, we want you to dial in to the Whisper Nation hotline. That's one eight three three four ff talk Get it? Like for fantasy football talk. So it's one eight three three four ff talk or one eight three three four three three eight two five. Give us a call on the Whisper Nation hotline and we're going to have a prompt there every week that you can answer or just, you know, tell us what you're dreaming of right before you go to bed when it comes to fantasy football and the season to come. There you go. Yeah, we're not just going to limit it to fantasy football. Just let us know what your fantasy is. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't, know. Bed, I don't know. Just, you know <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Little pillow. No, no pillow talk. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. some of those will make it to the show, right? Yeah. Some, some of them, of them will make it. Make it. Right. Yeah. The that's, thing that's is, what we're hoping. Hey, the thing is, is Travis has to screen all of these, so he's he's really wanting to know all this <laughs> yeah. information. 
Well, the the well, the funny thing, you know, inside uh, the inside the whisper, the whisperer's life, uh, Johnny had set this up, or I set up the the voicemail, but I did, had call forwarding on. So Johnny's leaving a voicemail, trying to make the show at two in the morning. Yeah. And I'm just getting a call like at two in the morning, and it's like, oh, thanks, Johnny. And I didn't, exactly I didn't just sleep one. Want. No, I, <laughs> I I called multiple times. Oh yeah, once I knew your number was in there, I blocked it. Oh, so that's right, great. Whisper Nation. Give us a ring one eight three three four FF talk. Blow up our phones two o'clock in the morning. Tell us what's on your mind when it comes to your fantasy football team. Look, we know nobody else really wants to hear from you after so much talk. So we can always be here to hear from you. Um, and we know that we have diehards amongst us. Um, we're going to talk about our listener league, the Whisper Nation, li- uh, the Whisper Nation listener league. Um, Johnny, I know you have a couple people that you want to unveil who are a part of this. Yeah, oh, so nice. uh, a, a lot of people have been asking us if we're going to do another Whisper Whisper Nation League, Whisper League, and of course that's the of course we are. We got to bring it to the people. The people want it. We got to bring it. And uh, so we started, uh, you know, how we're going to do this. We started putting our minds together, and we're going to announce the first two on this show. I, I thought, why not? Like, let's just do it. Let's have a little little bit more let's fun. Go. I know that uh, you know. Travis over here looking like uh, Eminem and Eight Mile, and he's you know he's he's can't wait, ready to grab the mic. Yeah. yeah, vomit on his sweater already, mom spaghetti. But these two people aren't nervous and ready, or they aren't nervous because they are ready. I should say that is Lindsay De Lorenzo. She is uh, last year's champ, champ so reigning champ. Yeah, yeah, so she automatically gets in. So congrats, Lindsay. Uh, she will be defending that championship. And then uh, we we kind of alluded to it last show, um, but we'll make it official like a referee whistle. It is Jacob Lay. Welcome to the Whisper Listener League. Welcome, welcome. And you were talking about not choking, but you yeah, you, you look like the hey, M&M I'm already right in. there Wait, from the beginning of Eight Mile. Hey, we're already in, dude. We're already in. I don't need yeah, to worry, we're, dude. We're grandfathered in. I'm hoping we get a little bit yeah. better of a season. This I'm already year, in the but, finals. Uh, like I'm already like look, Papa Lindsay, Doc, dude. I'm already in the finals. Lindsay's uh, Lindsay's a tough competition, man. She knows what she's doing over there. Made it to the uh, semifinals she, she kicked, our first year, and yeah, she kicked everyone's ass last year. Yeah. So. Hi, I just uh, want to speak yeah, up because Chelsea I was it. one of the asses that she kicked. Oh. Um, no, really excited to see Lindsay continue to be a part of this. It's one of those things where like you dive in, you love it, you get involved, you stay in it. Um, I think Lindsay's going to kick everyone's ass in Whisper Nation League this year for sure. What are you talking? Yeah, like you, you can't downgrade our I'm own team right now. You can't be contractually down- obligated to say that we're going to do well. But I just think, you know, Lindsay, like it's hard to you gotta well, beat the champ if you want to. I'm trying do to get it. on her so. team. Hey, all I'm saying is, I, oh, hey, they, okay, so <laughs> uh, this hey. is too, we're just in the intro, and this is twice Chelsea's tried to ditch the show. Yeah, already. I, I mean, this I, is we the, we're just doing so. What are we? Well what are we? Chop liver over here? But I do want to say uh, that um, Lindsay is engaged to our uh, web guy. Uh, he does our web development <laughs> and uh, our. Hey, he's, what do I don't? Jeez, give me a hard time. Anyway, they anyway he is also just like Big Travi is a three-time champ in our Toltum League, our League of Record. And so I will say something: their children are going to be hell of fantasy players, fantasy football players ever. Those are going to have some good genes in there, and then they're going to be listening to us their entire lives because we're their uncles. Oh man. 
Yeah, they're pretty pretty stacked, I would say. As always, uh, if you have this is your first time listening to the show, go ahead and like and subscribe uh, to us over on YouTube. It helps us grow that channel, put out these videos every single day or close to every single day and get you on that. If you're listening on any of the uh, podcast apps, subscribe there and so you can get that automatically downloaded to your phone. And then also, if you're on the Apple podcast app, please leave us a review. That would help us get ranked uh, so that people can see the show and we can continue to bring you this content. And speaking of content, Johnny, we're going to walk through some of these topics as we normally do. But this week's episode is obviously on the uh, we're going to continue the top 24 ADP, but this time go to wide receivers. Uh, we did running backs last week, so we're going to walk through the top 24 uh, ADP. Chelsea will walk us through those. We'll pick out a couple names that are looking a little interesting to us. But first of all, walking through some some of our Reddit topics, obviously we can't bury the lead here. You know, this is why I wore the headband with the curls out, man. I wanted to get on my Patrick Mahomes grind. Oh, Patrick that's Mahomes, what that is. That's yeah, what that Patrick is. Okay. Mahomes Inking a 10-year contract extension worth could be worth up to $503 million, uh, going to average a, a lot of points through this, $45 uh, million a year. Uh, the guy got paid. Uh, he had to beat me to it. I was hoping that my contract getting done with TFW was going to come out before this, but he <laughs> broke the news first. Uh, and I'll have to wait, but I, I, you know, I'm very confident that my deal will be a little bit larger than Patrick Mahomes. Uh -huh. um, Johnny, no, first, first couple thoughts on this, um, you know, because a lot of the media is going like, oh, well, this kind of ruins the Chiefs dynasty. It just destroys the cap uh, for them. But actually, I think he took a pretty team-friendly deal here by taking 10 years, right? Um, you look at the first year, th or this year, he's about two to three million, because this was an extension. It was on the back end of the contract he already had, and he was under contract for a couple more years. So this year, he's around two to three million. The year after, he'll have 25 to 27 million, somewhere in that range. Uh, you add those two years, plus the 10 years at 45 million. But some of these incentives are actually a little bit, I mean, super team friendly. $25 million worth of the $503 million he would have to get by winning the MVP every year and going to the Super Bowl every year. That's not going to happen. Um, I, mean, I mean, well, hey, I don't know. Do yeah. If anybody could do it, it, it would probably be Patrick Mahomes. Um, only $140 million of this contract is guaranteed. Um, so I, I think when you're starting to look at it, you're you're saying, yeah. He parlayed it into being a, a, a fatty contract and, and a record-breaking contract, but maybe not the best deal he could have got for himself. Yeah, I, listen, a lot of people are going to, you know, take take that stance on it. Hey, you should, you know, they had, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. They asked him if they would like, if he would like a, a contract that you know that long and that big and he said no, I don't want that. He said I want a short contract for next because I want to get paid again. And I can understand. I, I I totally can understand where they come from. They want to get the most money that they could possibly. Like they only have one short-lived career. Like let's be honest. Like I mean, yeah, quarterbacks can can you know extrapolate that out. Uh, but still, you never know. Ten years, you know, like we were talking in the show notes of football, we don't know where football is going to be in ten years. So, um, but the other side, like let's be honest. Like like let's look at this. Like this is great, not only for Pat Mahomes and his family, he doesn't have to worry about 
generations, generations, uh, you know, of we're 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 not talking about chump change here. We're talking about <laughs> half a billion dollars that he could earn. Yeah, that's now Billy with a B. Yeah, and it's like okay, I understand. Like, yeah, the the whole MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and things. So it, it knocks down, uh, you know, but still, like, let's say the guarantee is a hundred and forty million. Well. Well, I, I don't think there's not one person on this podcast that wouldn't take 140 million over the next 60 oh, I'm, years. I'm counting on it. You know, yeah, I'm counting exactly. on it. Yeah. So, um, you know, people, you know, I get it. But to what extent, you know, like at what point you say enough is enough? Like he loves it in Kansas City. He's in a great, a great system for him. Uh, now he's tied to them for a long time. So the fans could even get behind him even more. And then, I mean, just turning this to a fan, this is a fantasy show. This is great for fantasy people who have him on their fantasy rosters because now they don't have to worry about, is my guy going to hold out? Is he going to not show up to camp? Also, the reason and Pat Mahomes came out and said this, the reason he did this was saying, hey, I'm a good player, but I also realize I need good players around me to win Super Bowls and be an MVP. So he put that in his contract because he knows that, hey, I'm going to be making a little bit less, but it's going to be OK because I'm actually going to make more because I'm going to go to more Super Bowls and win more and win more Super Bowl MVPs because I've got great teams around me, similar to what Tom yeah. Brady did. So well, and, I, and I even heard, you know, uh, conflicting arguments that this deal was so massive that he was going to watch people like maybe Travis Kelsey walk out the door when his contract's up or or you know other players and, and they were like well you know it's the all these players that make Patrick Mahomes look good and I double took I was like what the heck are you talking about Patrick Mahomes this is a guy who threw left-handed throws the football out of a stadium he's the basically now human version he does it of, now but in in yeah. 20 years or you know in 15 years he's gonna be able to do that I don't know maybe I mean, and, only I mean, we'll see. for 10 years. Right. And I yeah. just got to say, as an Andy Reid fan, I am so excited. I have my best Tommy Bahama on this morning N just to celebrate. This. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love what? what this means for Andy Reid. I've always loved his coaching style. And I'm so excited that he has an offense that he can like invest in for the long haul here. I mean, he's a coach in his 60s. We're going to see him in Kansas City for the next eight, decade, too. I'm yeah. I'm really excited for what this means, just to have some certainty when it comes to such an uncertain outlook for the NFL in general. This is really happen for me. Couldn't happen to a better guy, right? Nathan oh, yeah. Reed, who's waited for so sure. long to get that guy, mm -hmm. get that ring, and he got it to him. And then he said, look, I trust you, coach. You're my coach. Let's go. Let's do this for 10 years. Yeah. And well, and a lot uh, of a, a lot of people fantastic. have said that about Andy Reid, which is why they all love playing with him so much is because he is a player's coach and he evolves with the time. He doesn't just stay stuck in his way. So it's like, why not? Like if you love your boss that much and he's willing to give you a pretty fat contract, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to trust him. Why would I want to go anywhere else? Yeah, 100 percent. All right, so moving on, uh, Johnny, one of the topics you brought up to the show today was who are the toughest non-rookies uh, to put a value on this year? Um, for me, you know, I, I kind of look at these second-year players, you know, especially second-year wide receivers because rookie wide receivers are, um, you know, they just take a while to get acclimated. Um, and so second-year guy, one of the guys I wanted to bring up was Paris Campbell. You know, we were talking a lot about Paris Campbell last year um, in Indianapolis. Um, and I think with, you know, Philip Rivers coming to town, Paris Campbell kind of fits a guy that could be a possession wide receiver for uh, for Philip Rivers. So I think maybe we see a breakout this year. And, and then he's a forgotten guy. He's a forgotten guy. Yeah. 
And another guy I wanted to talk about was in Keel Harry. With Cam Newton coming to town, um, Cam Newton's style is such that he's not very accurate. Uh, like Tom Brady was super accurate. So the knocking in Kill Harry was, you know, he's the 50-50 ball guy. So will Tom Brady be able to get him the ball that style because he's just going to throw it to him right on the numbers? I think Cam Newton fits that style really well. We talked a little bit about it last week. But, Johnny, kind of talk me through who some of your guys are, non-rookies, uh, that you're having trouble putting a little bit of a value on this year. Yeah, so, uh, you know, for me, I was looking through here, and there, there are a couple that scare me in the beginning. I love the ones that you chose um, because, you know, I was looking towards the back end of the draft, and then I was like, well, you know, those are more dart throws, so I want to – I like what you did there, but I do also want to bring a guy to, that I'm going to be real honest with. I'm not exactly sure where I need to rank him. And that is Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon is a really, really talented running back. We know this. Uh, we know what he did in San Diego uh, as far as uh, the consecutive years of of just you know putting up beastly numbers for fantasy at the running back position, and then what happened last year, you know, with the holdout. But he gets paid to go to Denver. We know that they are going to run the ball. They had a ton of uh, offensive uh, weapons brought in this over the offseason, so they really are planning on having a a, a solid offense. Now, um, this is kind of funny. Uh, Melvin Gordon, over the last, last few years, these are his touchdown totals, right? So he came into the league. He had zero, which was like the big goose egg, like zero. How did he end? Then he bounces back in a big way, right? Has 10. Then in his third year, he has eight. And then in his fourth year, he has 10 again. In his uh, fifth year, he had eight touchdowns. So dare I say he's going to have 10 touchdowns this year, and that would not surprise a lot of people. So then I'm like, oh, maybe Melvin Gordon. Maybe I'm too low on Mel, or uh, yeah, too low on Melvin Gordon. I need to raise his, uh, you know, his value. And then I just cannot get over the fact that Philip Lindsay is still there. Philip Lindsay is still a really, really good running back. Now I do think that uh, Melvin Gordon could get you to the 10 touchdowns really, really easily. But I have this sneaky suspicion that they really want to use, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay in a multitude of ways. And I'm not sure how much of the receiving back capabilities Melvin Gordon is going to get there, even though he's he's had 50 receptions, you know, in in for the L.A. Chargers for multiple, multiple years. So I just I don't know where I'm going to ultimately put him. You know, it just. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, he's sandwiched there. He's got Chris Carson around him, uh, Le'Veon Bell. So maybe you could make a case over Le'Veon Bell. I don't think you could make a case over Chris Carson. Uh, you've got Todd Gurley there who probably projects to be a bell cow in Atlanta. So I don't know how you could get there. This is around the RB15, RB16 spot. So you're banking on him hopefully being an RB1, but basically uh, for sure RB2. And I, like you said, with Philip Lindsay there, I just don't know. The good news for Melvin Gordon, truthers, is that Pat Shermer has taken over as offensive coordinator, and he spent some time, obviously, with Saquon Barkley and having a guy who was a skill set of just the guy to be the guy. Um, and so we'll we'll just have to see how that plays out. I do love the Melvin Gordon pick here, though, Johnny, because, look, the first three rounds, first four rounds are super important in your draft, and Melvin Gordon's a guy you're going to have to be staring down the barrel of probably coming yeah. in and saying – Look, I got to make a choice on my first RB or my second RB here. Uh, is it Melvin Gordon? Do I have to plug my nose and go? I, 
I don't know. And then all the other weapons that are going on in Denver, um, this was a team that was more run-heavy last year. But like I said, new offensive coordinator come to town. They're kind of giving the keys to Drew Locke here. Yeah, so I, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to me to see where Melvin go, Melvin Gordon goes. I'm not sure if I'll have him on a lot of my teams just because of the uncertainty. And I, I thought that you put it in a good way. You know, like you're looking down the barrel yeah. of like that's a lot to put on the weight of your your fantasy season. You know, Johnny, you say a lot of times in the mock drafts, like you love that feeling when you draft someone and, and everybody in the room goes, "Oh, nice pick," you know, good pick. Uh, you're drafting Melvin Gordon. I don't think anybody's going to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, nice pick, man. Oh, you dang it. You, got him there. you won't get the feel goods when you draft him. But maybe, yeah. you know, maybe there's a path for him there. I'm just not going to be, like you said, not going to be on a lot of our teams uh, going forward. Uh, next topic. This one's really fun. Like on Reddit, there was a question posed. What's the most underrated and overrated stats for drafting? Um, Johnny, did you want to go ahead and, and talk me through some of your best underrated stats um, that, that you look to when you're on draft day and you're trying to decide between a couple guys? Yeah, so I, I think that this is such a fun question because there every year we, you know, we have meetings about it. Uh, we we talk about it with our with our listeners you know what what do they like to listen to uh i mean even last week when we were doing you know matthew barry's 100 facts article um deciphering what facts we want to pay attention to and what we don't and how you can manipulate numbers so i just thought that this was a, a really fun question uh one from a standpoint of like how often we do this um as far as grabbing stats that we like and then really thinking about it like is it really meaningful what we're doing it with that stat or is it something that we're just talking about? And so for me, I wrote down uh, for my overrated uh, stat that I think is most overrated when it comes to, 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 to drafting. And that is using what a player did last year uh, and transferring over those stats um, to make the full argument for a player this year. Um, now, oftentimes you will hear us refer back to players and how they finished um, as just a touchstone. So I want to see, has he done it? What did he do last year as maybe a help uh, to gauge what he might do? Um, but it like perfect, perfect example is when you when someone kills it la uh, the year before in fantasy, right? And then you're automatically assuming that he's going to repeat it last year, like very similar to what Pat Mahomes did when he scored 50 touchdowns. And then we, we all said, but how can you not take Pat Mahomes anything but the first quarterback off the board? And what happened? You took Lamar Jackson in the 14th, you know, 13, 14th round and he outscored Pat, Pat Mahomes. Like stats don't transfer over. So don't look into that. So I would say that is the most overrated stat line. Uh, and then I'll tell you my underrated after you tell me your overrated. Yeah, so overrated for me was kind of yards per rush. And I like what you said there about, you know, last year. But I, I think you can you can just specifically say whatever they did last year. You could pinpoint any little thing that they did last year and try to make your case. So obviously that gets tougher if you've got a guy who's only been in the year one year or two years. You You only have that small sample size. But when you have guys that have consistently done it, um, and you're looking at that. And and for me, my whole thing with, with stats is they've got to be used more as a tiebreaker. They can't paint your entire story. If you're stuck between two guys, you got to look at stats that kind of, um, you know, do that 
um, you know, that tiebreaker for you. So for me, my overrated is yards per rush because my underrated stat is actually, you know, offensive line play and yards per touch before contact. So basically saying, you know, if I'm looking at two guys, we're talking about, you know, Chris Carson versus uh, Le'Veon Bell, and I'm looking at offensive line play, and I'm really torn between those two. I'm looking at Seattle's line and saying, look, it's better. I'm just going to have to go with Chris Carson if I think in my mind that they're equal, but I need to have some sort of tiebreaker. That's kind of my thing. And then yards per touch before contact. Johnny, this one's just so great because this tells me what the running back does without the line. So if the line was pretty bad and he got a yard, you know, he's got a high yards per touch before contact, he's doing a lot of the work. And then if he's got a great line, I mean, hold on to your, you know, shorts, you're going to, he's taken off, you know? So uh, those are kind of my, my opposite ends of the spectrum there. But what about you? What's one of your favorite underrated uh, stats? So my favorite underrated uh, would be, well, they, uh, in the um, in the thread that was talked about, O-line rankings came up a lot, which we are a huge advocator for O-line rankings. And it is something that does come in the draft kit. We do put that up there. Yeah. Uh, so make sure if you have not ordered the draft kit yet, you could still pre-order for one more week uh, at the $10 price before it goes up to $15. So make sure you do that. But uh, we do the O-line ranking and the reason why I like that so much and, and you know, uh, strength of schedule was another thing that people brought up as like an overrated thing, right? Um, because things change throughout the year so much. On the contrary with the O-line rankings. So every year, um, you know, uh, Pro Football Focus puts out their O-line rankings, which is how we gauge our O-line rankings in our draft kit. And what they, uh, so I went went back to last year because people say well it's like strength of schedule you know it, it changed a lot so sure you can go on preseason o-line rankings but does it really matter is it overrated right so i looked dive dove into it a little bit and it turns out so last year pro football focus before the season put out 15 o-line rankings and uh before the season and then they did it at the end of the season out of those 15 teams only three teams did not uh, make that they put on before. Uh, did not make it to the end uh, and being a top fifteen O line by the end of the season. Those were the Bears, the Panthers, and the Rams. Those were the only teams. All the other teams uh, were still top fifteen O lines. The three that snuck up were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was a surprise to me. Uh, they had one of the best O lines, uh, and then the Forty Niners, uh, which they had ranked sixteen coming into the season. They jumped up to uh, fourteen, and then the Oakland Raiders uh, snuck in at the uh, 15 spot for the best offense line. So you can see the turnover is not significant throughout the year uh, of rankings uh, for offensive line. So uh, it is a very, very good stat to look at, similar to what Travis was saying with the rushing. It is a good indicator of, of running backs who will get if you think they're going to get a good opportunity and that pairs with a good offensive line um, or similar to quarterbacks too, uh, if the quarterback has a good offensive line, he's generally going to have more time to throw. Uh, so that should be really, really good. But I will say my ultimate that all that, but I didn't even see my ultimate. And it's got to be the ultimate using the stats against people for smoke screens to get them to think what you want them to think. That's the best and the most underrated stat that we could give. It's giving stats for players that you don't like, but painting them in a good picture so, so somebody else likes them and they take them and don't take your guy. That's the best one. 
Man, you're just scheming yeah. over there. I love it. It's so funny you say that, Johnny, because on that note, I was referencing back to Matthew Berry's article. I told you all last week I love it, and I've been spending a lot of time with it. And for me, one of the uh, stats that's really Wait, you've underrated... been spending a lot of time with it? Like, do, does Austin know this? Like, have you guys been going oh, yeah. on walks and, like, uh, exactly. you know, daydreaming in the park? Exactly. Oh, pick... I just printed it and keep it folded up in a pocket on my chest. <laughs> nice. It's a big deal. But... Nice. Um, but for me, one of the bigger article. underrated things is thinking about how teams change in, in the offseason, right? And so I was, like, really looking at uh, the Los Angeles Rams, for example. Matthew Berry talks about this in the article. Like, Brandon Cooks last season on the Rams had 72 targets, but he's gone now, right? He's on the Texans. So we get to look and see, well, where could those 72 targets fall? And in that math, I really have a lot of fun sort of imagining what's possible. And Matthew Berry's article talks about Woods, you know, really having a come up this season based on some of these numbers that go his direction. So it's in that type of stat that feels really underrated or undervalued in terms of how everybody's looking at these teams' makeups. And that's where I have a lot of fun sneaking in and sort of, you know, as Johnny's saying, coming up with smoke screens, coming up with distractions like, oh, Robert Woods is going to take all 72 of Brandon Cook's targets. We know that <laughs> yeah. may not be possible, but that's where I have a lot of fun and find the value in my stats for, for drafting. Yes. Yeah. Vacated opportunity uh, is, a, is a huge thing. So, Chelsea, I love that you brought that up because when you're painting the picture at the draft kit we give you profiles on all these players we have to come to ourselves as these you know analysts breaking down these stats and say what happened with this team in the offseason right. so like when i talked about offensive line something you could do uh, if you think oh well that you know pro football focus has them as a low offensive line okay well what happened who did they draft did they pick up a free agent like could this line actually ha be in in you know set up for positive regression well if so then you could kind of bank on a guy or 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 a player that that you really like so um yes i, I think that article that matt barry does is great because it, it it shows you how fun fantasy can be when you start to use the stats to paint the stories that you want and that's what we're doing this for we're here to have fun uh, we're here to, you know, paint these stories for guys that we like. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm all about it. Uh, uh, let's spe see. Speaking of fun, Travis, uh, the next topic here, uh, I decided I, like, we threw in for for a little bit of fun because right now, um, if you are following, if you're on fantasy Twitter at all, you're probably seeing a lot of hashtag uh, of a SFB uh, Scott Fishbowl going on around the around like who should I take and everything like that is a major um, tournament that like best ball style tournament that goes on that is be puts on every year by Scott Fish. It's for charity. It's a great great cause. Um, it's a massive massive league. It, it's really fun. Hopefully, I'm hoping by next year we will get an invitation. Hopefully, Scott is listening to our podcast and. Goes pity on us and gives us a spot next year. Uh, no, let us in, Scott. Yeah, let's let in. us in. Uh, Stepmom Lauren is in it, so uh, we kind of get uh, we live vicariously through her. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, I bring all that up. I bring all that up because that's all going on right now. And there was somebody who mistakenly had the number two overall pick. So let me just for context, like this this league has. 1500 players in it right and it's split up into uh, 120 different uh leagues and it it through you know best ball calculator well, i don't know they do it on their end uh you get one winner okay um so someone with the number two overall draft pick 
I'm sure was trying to go with Saquon Barkley, but accidentally takes Buffalo Bills backup quarterback Matt Barkley at the number two overall pick. Uh, poor guy. And uh, so it just made me think, what is your biggest draft day mistake? I just had to ask both you and Chelsea, uh, uh, what do you guys thought your guys' biggest draft day mistake? Or if it didn't happen to you, what was the situation you were in in which this was this happened? For me, it was kind of actually a, a tie between a couple things because um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't let myself off the hook. I had to talk about both these idiotic moves of mine. One was in 2012 when Jacob Tammy uh, was in Denver, and it was uh, Peyton Manning super hyped here in Denver. Yeah, I was so hyped on Jacob Tammy because of all the years of Peyton Manning, Dallas Clark uh, using the tight end, and Dallas Clark, and all these things. And I drafted Jacob Tammy. I went back to look it up, but I couldn't find uh, the history. It was back in 2012 on when I actually drafted him, but I know it was within the first six rounds that I drafted Jacob Tammy and I know that I got, you know, maybe 30 points out of the guy. Uh, it was not a good look. So that was in 2012. And then in 2017, another one that really sticks out is we're drafting in Mexico on the cliffs of Rosarito. And I'm just very romantic. You know, of, it was very, romantic. very drunk, very drunk off my last year's uh, championship and probably very drunk off of a couple other things. And I'm taking uh Tyrod Taylor in the sixth round because, you know, I had the, you know, we nicknamed him Ty God or T-Mobile. I thought, you know, I was a couple years early on the on the boom for mobile quarterbacks, and I picked the wrong one, that's for sure, and Tyrod Taylor. Hey, for that's where the, the reach what? for your guy. Yeah, that's it. So that's uh, that's me. Chelsea, do you have any? You know, uh, I hardly make mistakes, so it's so oh, hard. Oh, <laughs> dang. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I always go back to, because you mentioned Tyrod Taylor in a quarterback pick, <laughs> Look, I've like how many years for our league of record I've picked Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. And it's mm. so unfair to ever, ever call Aaron Rodgers a mistake. <laughs> and I know that I have just given value away because I love this guy so much. And so yeah. that is something that I continuously, year after year, remind myself not to just stare into those deep, dark brown eyes of his and pull him onto my team at whatever value I can. Um, and so I have to call it a mistake because I'm giving away value when I shouldn't just to have, you know, my guy on my team. And uh, it didn't go so well last year. So I'm really trying to remember that. Don't fall in love with that guy again. Well, I mean, so now you can't. Really now you can't because it's cheap. It's only like a ninth or tenth round draft capital. So it's cheap. Don't remind me. Yeah. I just, you know, you just love so much, Chelsea. Between the... The Philly yeah. cheesesteaks and the Matthew Berry's article and now Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, I don't think we have any is shot this of keeping a, you on is this show. A Valent- any of these guys. Hey, is this a Valentine's Day episode or something? Are we turn back <laughs> to passion the, keeps me a part of fantasy. Is this pre COVID? Sure. Hey, tell me this. Yeah. Is COVID around right now in this in this world? Why? Because they got a fever. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that yeah. was good. I, I must say, the love doctor. I must say that my uh, biggest mistake. Uh, I would have to say, and why was the biggest mistake? Was not this, giving Big Travi a contract yeah, yet. That's well, maybe that's still up for debate. Uh, the no, this this past year was our uh, very first rookie dynasty draft, and I spent hours. I'm I'm talking like hours 
writing out this giant big board of who I wanted to draft in each round. I mean, I had I had named like I I put a lot of time in this. I was very very proud um, and took a lot of effort in each individual pick I was going to make. And it gets to uh, near the end, last few, one of the last few picks that we had uh, for my team. And I'm searching through trying to find a player and I can't I'm typing his name in wrong. So I can't find him. And the timer runs out and it auto picks auto picks Deontay Foreman, who is not on a team. He is injured. No one likes him. And I, I apologize. His mom probably likes him. Uh, and his, if he's married, he, he wife probably loves him um but i was trying to get thaddeus moss i wanted thaddeus moss and then thaddeus moss ends up going like a few picks later um uh which was very discouraging but i felt so at the word like this is a very bad word to describe it but this is the only word that i could think of. i was devastated in that moment i felt you guys were making fun of me uh the time ran out i i couldn't believe what had happened so the fact that that this is a it was a you know, dynasty pick. So it lasts, you know, I'm just thinking forever. I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I'll never have him. But he now is available on our waiver wire, but I picked up David and Joku, so I don't need him anymore, but I will see. But that's it. That was mine. Whisper nation should call into the hotline and give us that, uh, their biggest mistake, mm-hmm. uh, that they've ever done while drafting and shoot. That could be anything. That could be a, Couple too many white. Claws. Oh, that's what it would be for for there. Brett Johnson. It would be drinking too much on every single draft. <laughs> and friends don't let friends drink and draft. <laughs> yeah, they unless go. they're Brett Johnson. Unless they're in your league. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that brings us to our meat and potatoes of this episode, guys. I'm really excited about this. We're gonna walk through. You know, as it stands, July 8th, the top 24 ADP in wide receivers. Um, so <clears throat> we're going to pick out a couple names that we like that we want to talk about, but we're going to let Chelsea walk us through this ADP. So take it away, Chelsea. Sure. I just got to say, I didn't realize that this was July's top 24. I was like, who is Julie? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, dude, dude, you're like, COVID she's like, am I being replaced? Sense of time. Yeah. She's like, am I being replaced? Did I push him too hard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, well, we have to admit, yeah, we have to have some contingency. <laughs> She's falling in love with every other thing on the planet. <laughs> so top 24 wide receivers, ADP first on the board and at the fourth overall ADP is Michael Thomas of New Orleans Saints. Followed by him is Devonte Adams. Then we've got Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. That is scary to see two of these wide receivers on the same team back to back. I almost was saying that we should we should test the waters there and talk about, them, but that's a long discussion right there. I feel like that's a show yeah. in itself, that's right, guys? Show, that's a face yeah. off right there. If I've heard of one, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the eighth overall spot is Kenny Galladay, followed by Amari Cooper, and then Adam Thielen, who we have words for. All right, I gotta stop you. Gonna stop you there. I want to talk about Adam Adam Thielen, Travis. Uh, I don't know if you have. Do you have any bars you want to spit about Adam Thielen, or should I just drop it now? I mean, you talk a little bit about Thielen. I think that the big thing is is we've got to realize he missed six games last year. He still managed to get six touchdowns. Um, he was targeted forty eight times. And this is not what we're used to seeing out of him. He caught thirty balls, four hundred eighteen yards. Um, in most formats, Thielen didn't even register as a top 50 finish at the wide receiver position. 
the Vikings themselves posted the fifth worst completion percentage in the NFL last year. So we've talked before about how volume could be an issue, but also efficiency was an issue last year. Um, we can look at a little bit of optimism, though, Johnny. You've got Stephon Diggs leaving. That's 93 targets that have vacated. You know, Chelsea very aptly talked about vacated opportunity earlier, and that is what we've got in Minnesota here with Stephon Diggs leaving town. But the big question, Johnny, is health. Um, and, and based on where Thielen is, are you having to overpay right now on a guy that you can't guarantee um, will get there if, you know, if, if he's had these injury-plagued seasons? He's not the biggest, best recruit we've seen come out of the draft. That was his whole thing. He was a walk-on guy. He, he has grit and heart. He's not exactly the prototypical athlete, um, but he does have a good shot, Johnny. He's grandfathered in as the de facto number one in Minnesota. Yeah, I I mean when it's when it comes to Adam Thielen, a few weeks ago we were, I or we were talking about him. I was you know going back and forth as to whether or not he was a value back in the fifth or sixth round. I was actually been like, okay, I'll actually get on the boat of Adam Thielen, and, because they were going very similar to you know where Diggs was going, and I was like, actually, this would be the first year I would go Thielen over Diggs, uh, because you know. You, Many people who watch the show know I've been a, a big advocate of that in past years. Um, but again, like you said, you have to look at the situation, and, and so did everyone else. And they saw that Stefan Diggs left, and so his ADP really began to rise. And I think it's gotten to a place that I'm not too comfortable paying for. And so I don't think I'm going to have uh, Stefan Diggs, or sorry, I don't think I'm going to have Adam Thielen on a lot of my fantasy rosters, not because he can't be that that fantasy top fantasy wide receiver. We've seen it before in 2018. Let's not forget, like this guy was averaging 19.1 fantasy points per game at the wide receiver spot, which is good for wide receiver eight. Like he was dominating that first half of that uh, 2018 season. He was. Uh, either the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two during the first half of, of last year. So we know that it's definitely there. And a lot of the reason why he was dominating was because Stefan Diggs was, you know, kind of in and out of the, the lineup at that time or dealing with injuries. He was in it, but kind of a decoy. And so it makes you, yeah, like oh, really excited for what Thielen could do this year because Diggs isn't there. But then, you know, a big b- b- big thing that I noticed was the drop-off from going out of the slot. We, now, we knew that Adam Thielen kind of struggled uh, with catches out uh, when he wasn't, you know, in the slot where he could get a better release. And we saw that. His contested catch rate was ranked 60 last year. Uh, not great. Um, and so... And who did the Vikings draft in the first round, Johnny? And who is the report? They drafted... Yeah, they yeah. drafted Justin Jefferson, who made his living at LSU in the slot. Yeah. You know, caught plenty of balls in the slot for Joe Burrow. And you've got Gary Kubiak coming out talking about how Justin Jefferson will go inside. Uh, that's why we drafted him. That's what we want him for, meaning Thielen's got only one place to go. That's outside uh, and hopefully not outside in the cold. But like at this point, if that's the case, like you're talking about, you paint a very vivid picture of why you may need to steer away from Adam Thielen. And then I just look at some of the guys that are going around him. Or that's before him. the biggest Kenny picture. Galladay, yeah, I, um, you know, for me, AJ like, Brown is after DJ Moore is yeah, after Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham. Like I yeah. know, like if you're going to pick someone with a little bit of a shaky you know, outlook, maybe pick OBJ because the ceiling is just there for OBJ, where I just don't know if it's going to be there for Thielen. Uh, 
and the Minnesota Vikings. He and now, like, I, would I be surprised if Adam Thielen does? You know, he's coming off the board as the wide receiver ten. Would I be surprised if he finished as you know the wide receiver eight, nine, or ten? No, because I've seen it before. But am I willing to gamble on Thielen this year? And the answer is no for me, uh, because of the talent at the wide receiver position that's behind him. Frankly, I think I think his stock has been over overcorrected and overvalued. All right. Well, that was wide receiver ten. Chelsea, who's wide receiver eleven? And uh, yeah, another us? one, DJ Moore. Oh my boy! Yeah. Oh, of see, course. no, of I. Course. Hey, you're lucky. The you I. Know, when Johnny hey. gives me Johnny gives me the list for these names, and I go, okay, yeah, Adam Thielen, that's good. Okay, T- DJ Moore. Like no, I honestly, on. Johnny tried to talk about Kenyon Drake on this show. I told him, Johnny, this is a wide receiver show. Hold on, I I must stop because I knew you were gonna say this. I knew you were gonna bring this up and say, Johnny, we you love DJ Moore. We talk about the fact is though, Travis, we've never actually spent time discussing DJ Moore. I've just talked about similar to Chelsea uh, doing today. I've just talked about how much I love DJ Moore repeatedly. And so uh, I was just filled with love with DJ Moore. So I, I feel like we uh, need I, to break down. I hear you. I hear you. We do need to break down DJ Moore a little bit more uh, and, and why, okay. because uh, I will say, sorry, uh, I, now that I'm playing it back in my head, we did talk about DJ Moore as a value before, but now everyone's listed to our show, and so it's overcorrected. Now DJ Moore is the wide receiver 11 off the board, as he should be uh, before we were talking about him as like the wide receiver 23 or something. Uh, insane. So now it needs to be discussed. DJ Moore, top 12 now. Now it's, now it's like, okay, now he's got to live up to that. So... Uh, are you still comfortable with wide receiver 11 at the 308 spot? Um, I am personally not. I love DJ Moore's game, and we've talked about DJ Moore. DJ Moore was on my dynasty team before I traded him to you. It's, it's um, Travis's ex-girlfriend, so like that's why. This <laughs> so is maybe sensitive. that's why I'm so bitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But DJ Moore uh, has all the tools to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. I agree with that. Um, there are just too many questions as far as a first-year coach for me. Um, as far as uh, I, I don't know if if Christian McCaffrey is still going to be the focal point of this offense. Um, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater has enough juice to get one wide receiver over an entire season to be a wide receiver one. I have not seen it yet, but um, I could understand if DJ Moore is your guy, you're pulling the trigger in that, you know, as your first wide receiver. I just would have loved to get him as my wide receiver, too, and hope that he hits. Instead of having to bank on him hitting, and then I feel like your roster construction is then made for you because you take DJ Moore as your first wide receiver, and then you've got to go and take somebody a little more assuring uh, in the couple picks after because you need to make up for that, and you've pigeonholed yourself. So for me, um, if DJ Moore stays here, which he's likely to, I, I don't see a situation. The hype is real as far as his talent, so he probably stays where he is. I just don't see a situation where I'm taking DJ Moore a lot in the in redraft leagues. DJ Moore, I understand that you are concerned about the Teddy Bridgewater coming in and whether or not he could support a wide receiver one. I will say that Stefan Diggs breakout year uh, when he did get you know into the lineup was with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Um, Matt uh, or so Michael we, Thomas. You know, you know, hold on, Michael. But, where what, what? Well, I was just I'm just wondering like where are the Curtis Samuel. Uh, you know, truthers too. Like, uh, where where's Curtis Samuel at in all this talk? Like, uh, I, is he not going to be 
equally as good as he was? Is he is he done? Um, doesn't that hinder DJ Moore's outlook just a tad? I do think that uh, people are over. I, I think that a lot of people got burned by uh, Samuel last year and. You know, I had him on a lot of teams as well. I thought he was going to be a lot better than what he was. I mean, he had a solid season for sure. Uh, I think that he is becoming, I think he is a value uh, because, listen, this offense is going, Joe Brady is coming in and what he wants, his whole goal is to create space. Now, this has a concern for, um, for me for for CMC because I don't know if he is going to get the amount of, of t- total touches that he's been getting um, because this this offense will spread the ball around a lot more. I think DJ Moore, especially, you know, this is a half point PBR, maybe in a uh, standard league, you would bump him down a little bit more uh, a little bit. But I am telling you right now. I am fine paying this third round. Uh, I am fine saying he's going to be my wide receiver one because I think he's that good. And I'm I'm going to say it right now. He is going to be Michael Thomas 2.0. He is going to be that good. He's already getting – he got 24% of the market share last year. He's at 135 targets uh, last year, and that was all with Kyle Allen. And I understand what people want to say about so Teddy Michael Bridgewater. Michael Thomas 2.0. Uh, meaning he's going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback who throws him. He's going to break the pass catching record as in a single season. No, he's going to be one of the first players taken hold off. On, the hold on, hold on. You don't have round? to have. Or do you think? No, no, no. I oh, don't. I'm asking. I'm just asking if you think he's going to be that good. I yeah. You just said he's going to be no, no, no. 2.0. No. Well, hold you on. mean like yeah. Michael Thomas Jr.? No, I think that he will get 155 targets. I think that he will get over 1,200 receiving yards. I think that he'll get uh, – he only had four touchdowns last season. I think that he can get that up to 8 to 10. Like, if you're – if you if he does what he did last year and you raise – he finished as a wide receiver 16. He only had four touchdowns. You put on another five to six touchdowns on there, all of a sudden you're a jumping. A touchdowns to bank on maybe not a touchdown guy. Uh, hey, it – I'm telling you, you just got to believe on this one. With this, this definitely comes down to a judgment call on the player. And I, the, my uh, DJ Moore is a guy I will plant my flag and tie my flag to uh, this year. He is going to be good. I'm telling you. Well, I don't have the same optimism. Love is love is talent, but yeah, Chelsea, take us through some of these other wide receivers. Sure. The 12th overall wide receiver off the board will be Cooper Cup, followed by Allen Robinson, then Odell Beckham, Calvin Ridley, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. At 17. Yeah, Jenny, I'm at love 17. that we're talking about Cortland Sutton here. Um, we've seen, you know, I'm hoping the Broncos uh, aren't the Cleveland Browns of this year because they're starting to get a lot of hype around these position players. Drew Locke's starting to get a lot of hype because of the players they bring in. But Cortland Sutton last year, with pretty bad quarterback play for a lot of the year, was a low-end wide receiver too. He ended the year on a very nice stretch with Drew Locke, a lot of chemistry there, led the team in targets, 72, led him in yards, 1,112, and led him in touchdowns with six. Um... Denver was one of the top five lowest passing teams in 2019. So should be some positive regression in that market, especially with Jerry Judy and Hamler coming to town via the draft. 
you would like to see this offense get a little more pass heavy. So do you think the added weapons around him, Johnny, actually hurt or help Cortland Sutton? And how are you feeling about where he's where he's at in ADP? So they took Jerry Judy. They bring in KJ Hamler. Uh, they have Noah Fant, who is going into his second year. Um, and then you look at what Cortland Sutton did last year, 13.9 fantasy points a game. But like you said, near the end of the, the season, he kind of started to click. Um, so, And they had some chemistry in, in preseason, too. That was the hype last year was Drew Locke really liked Sutton, and there were some nice videos coming out, and you saw it kind of come to fruition once Locke got the starts. Yeah, and well, and you really started to see Cortland Sutton become that alpha dog, right? Like we saw the fight break yeah. out between him and Sanders. Like we we yep. we heard reports saying that you know Sutton was being very vocal about being the leader in the in the wide receiver locker room. So he wants to get that. Uh, he gets the the deep targets for that team, which you always like to get that that wide receiver. Uh, if you're getting the wide receiver one on a big play kind of offense. Uh, it's always an uptick, you know, I, I like to look at. Um, and I, yeah, I, like you said, I love the fact that he's built a rapport with Drew Locke already, and he's entering his third year. So that means that he, you know, that's generally the year that, that wide receivers really tend to break out. Uh, but Travis, you talked about um, the, the offensive plays should go up, right? And that's where I kind of start breaking down my analysis and, and really starting to wonder where I should take Cortland Sutton and if he is a value. Um, if, if you look at the trends of the Denver Broncos, they are very, very similar over the last three to four years with running about the same amount of plays. Um, they ran, they run about 900 and uh, I, I have to look it up to be exact, but it's like 970 ish plays, I believe, or 950 uh, total for a whole season. Now this offense should be more efficient. They could end up running a, a few more plays, but I don't think it'll be super, super significant. I do have my concerns with Cortland Sutton, but his his draft value has come down a little bit. Um, he was being taken, you know, around wide receiver 12 earlier, uh, and, but is now since fallen. If he is that wide receiver two for you, um, or in you know best case scenario, he's he's a wide receiver three. I don't mind if he's your wide receiver one. I I am worried. Uh, do I think he'll get over a thousand yards? I do. I think he'll have a very similar season to DJ Moore last year, and that's what I ultimately put down. I think that um, you know DJ Moore had just under twelve hundred yards receiving and four touchdowns. I could see somewhere similar, maybe uh, add a couple more touchdowns for Sutton because he is a big touchdown uh, guy. You know, six three body frame. Uh, so that's my ultimate thing. I don't mind Cortland Sutton, but I'm not really excited about him like I was before all these weapons. I actually think the weapons have a shot to help him out. I think if, if the defense is on the field and they have to focus on a Jerry Judy or a Hamler or a Noah Fant coming up the seam, they're having to take that, that ultra focus off of Cortland Sutton. I think there's also some room for optimism with Pat Shermer. We've talked about it before coming to town as the offensive coordinator. Look, Shermer was also in, in Minnesota before New York. And he was there with Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen's heyday, you know, with Stephon Diggs being there. There was still an alpha uh, with it being Thielen as a top 10 wide receiver. And Cortland Sutton is much more athletic, in my opinion, uh, than Adam Thielen is. And so when you look at even Shermer with the New York Giants and what he was able to do uh, with some of the weapons there between Evan Ingram and 
and OB, Sterling Shepard and, and, and OBJ. And OBJ. Yep. And so you've seen the weapons he can do and the work he can do with a Daniel Jones, a young quarterback. So that gives me hope with what he can do with Drew Locke. Um, and, and the biggest thing with a young, maybe um, turnover pro uh, prone quarterback would be how is his chemistry? Does he like one guy? And we've seen it. He likes Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And I know these other weapons haven't been here, so we can't really say that he won't like them. But somebody's got a leg up in that wide receiver room, and right now it's Cortland Sutton. I mean, he literally, like Johnny said, kicked Emmanuel Sanders' ass right out of town, yeah. basically, and said, look, uh, I'm the guy here. I'm the man, and he's so far been that. And I think John Elway actually appreciates that as a former player. Um, so he you know, he did what he had to do with Emmanuel Sanders. I, I like Cortland Sutton, and, and Johnny, I think he's priced right. Unlike what we just talked about with DJ Moore, I know you love DJ Moore. I'm not trying to beat you up on it, but I just think – Sutton's more price right, in my opinion, uh, for for these kind of types that we haven't seen a long career of, you know, with DJ Moore. We haven't seen a long career with Cortland Sutton. So what do we have? We've got a little bit of chemistry and he's priced kind of right. Doesn't and, have to be my number one. I mean, one they were close. Like they were said. close in grades as well coming out of college, yep. you know, so uh, both first and second round guys. So, it, you know, or actually was Sutton first. Sutton was first round as well yeah yeah so, first so both first round guys so yeah definitely yep. can't argue with the talent there yeah love Cortland Sun. all right chelsea what who's next sure the wide receiver 18 off the board will be aj brown oh gosh i love him oh. i would love to stop and talk about him but we've done that but we're enough. not going to yeah right? but we, we've done yeah. that enough on the show <laughs> all right uh moving along wide receiver 19 off the board is tyler lockett followed by keenan allen robert woods dk metcalf DJ Chark will be the 23rd, and T.Y. Hilton is the 24th wide receiver off the board. Yeah, Johnny, I thought, um, thanks so much, Chelsea, working through those. Uh, Johnny, I thought it'd be good to talk about T.Y. Hilton, right? Because, look, there's been a change. Um, T.Y. Hilton was talked about as Andrew Luck's favorite player ever. Um, and here he is sitting as, as a wide receiver two, the back end of a wide receiver two, basically the industry saying that would be his ceiling, so to speak, uh, would be wide receiver two. So Johnny, do you believe that? And what do you think about Philip rivers and his play style? Does the arm strength, uh, deteriorating scare you with a guy like T Y Hilton? Uh, wh what are some of your thoughts when looking at T Y Hilton's outlook for 2020? T.Y. Hilton is normally a guy that you would have to pay third or fourth round uh, draft capital for on any other year. I mean, even last year, his stock dropped quite a bit uh, once we heard that Brissett was going to be, you know, the full time quarterback and Luck had had retired. But it still was. Before this, before, you know, wide receiver spot 511, uh, you look at his best years you know, or two, you know, at least two years ago, because last year he was in and out of the lineup significantly. Uh, but in 2018, averaged 17.1 fantasy points per game, which was wider, good for wide receiver 14. Uh, he's gone over a thousand receiving yards five out of eight years, Travis. Like you talked about, and I, I'm glad you asked about the deteriorating arm. Uh, I don't believe that he, if Philip Rivers' arm is going to get a, a whole lot worse. And you look at what Philip Rivers did last year, 75 deep targets. That was good for sixth in the NFL. So I don't think that uh, that's going to so be – still got know, that gunslinger mentality for yes, sure. Yes, and he knows this offense a little bit, uh, working with Mike Wright. 
so I think that he will still have that mentality. Um, now, T.Y. Hilton hasn't played a full 16 games in a while, and he probably isn't going to play 16 games this year. But what's nice about his draft capital is that uh, it's you know fifth round. Oftentimes, that's your wide receiver three coming off the board, um, or yeah. even if it is your wide receiver two, that is going to be your boomer bust uh, wide receiver. And you know, just looking at what T.Y. Hilton has done through his six-year career, or sorry, over like the eight eight years, past eight years. Um, he's consistently between five and seven touchdowns, consistently over a thousand yards. He will be boom and bust. He's not going to be a, a consistent wide receiver for you. But with this draft capital, Travis, and and he doesn't what he have can to do, be, right? he doesn't like, have to be right. And so I'm I'm getting more and more excited about Ty Hilton, and that's why I wanted to highlight him because he is going with you know amongst like a lot of these guys that you know, we talk about all the time when they get drafted people are going to go dang it i really wanted him guys like dk metcalf or aj brown or robert woods uh as his steam starts building a little bit more uh but know that you've got a guy who can really win you a week and then you can grab a guy later on that we'll talk about in the next question, but, you know, like Christian Kirk or, um, you know, uh, Anthony Miller that you can kind of fill in. Uh, and there's even, you know, Will Fuller who will be more consistent for you. And so you get that upside. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think you're kind of selling me here right on the show on T.Y. Hilton. He wasn't a guy I was terribly looking at right away. Um, so I just, you know, for me. I think you do have a shot that he is going to pop a lot of weeks, especially in those weeks, uh, you know, where Indy needs to come back in games and, and, you know, cause Phillip rivers is, a, is, is a perennial guy that gets you down in games cause he does have turnovers and then he kind of fires back in the fourth quarter and that's his style. Um, Chelsea, when we're looking at these 24 teams, like, is there something that stands out to you as far as a player that you like or, or we're interested in or, or anything that just kind of comes to mind? Oh, she turned off her mic. I think you're on mute. Yeah. Turned it. Yeah. She, dude, look at that. She's like, doesn't. Well, she's so mad because you talked about. Can you the, hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was so down. mad that she had to mute you because of the the love comment, dude. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I know. Dang. Not We're gonna it have at to all. look for a new producer soon. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just looking through this list, and you know, uh, 24 wide receivers in this top list. Four teams on this list have two wide receivers. Wow. So that's kind of interesting to me, right? If in the top 24 wide receivers, four teams have their two top wide receivers on this list. That tells me that 12 teams don't have a single wide receiver that makes up the top 24 ADP, right? So yeah. that just tells me that 12 teams are going to have a number one wide receiver that's going to fall later in the draft. And I'm not saying that a number one wide receiver is better than a second wide receiver, but we know that they're going to get targeted. We know that they're going to have opportunities. And if their value mm. is falling, well, it's just something to keep an eye on. I love that. I, I love that's that. a huge dilemma Fantastic. that you always talk. I love this. I'm glad that you brought this up because a lot of people talk about, it. like, do you take the number two on a good offense over I mean, the Calvin number one? Calvin Ridley and Stefan Diggs. Oh, that's the scenario we're looking at, right? Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what though. Calvin Ridley or Marquise Brown. Hold on. Right. I, I, I'll tell you what though. I saw a, a Calvin Ridley video the other day. 
Good loud. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh try covering that guy one on one. Goodness gracious, he that dude can run routes so well. Uh oh yeah. Welcome <laughs> welcome to knowing about Calvin Ridley, Johnny. Jeez. Oh, oh. In. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying hey, to tell it's you funny. For years about it, Calvin it, it's Ridley. funny because I'll you be... watch one video and now you've got a boy you got a man crush on. Oh dude, you know, it's All funny. Right. It's funny because I'll be saying the same thing to you uh next summer when it comes to DJ Moore once you're back on the boat oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Look, I'm done with DJ Moore. I'm not calling him. I'm not writing. I changed my number. It's done. No, I'm just kidding. I like. I love Heartaches DJ Moore. and breakups on this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, emotionally charged in COVID 19 2020. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I, <sighs> that is a wonderful stat, Chelsea. I think that it, it, it really gives you food for thought and saying like. Hey, I can wait. That just shows you how deep the wide receiver class. Yeah, like she said, there's opportunity and value later on, um, especially. And that we've talked about this almost every year. Wide receivers so deep, you know, wide receivers so deep. I do think it means you've got to take, you know, one of these guys to be your stud and hope that it hits. You've got to hit on your wide receiver one, you know, if you're going to probably win a championship. But uh, there is some room to make up for it if you don't and try to maneuver. We talk about be, being like water in your draft. That's a stat. That's a uh, a notion that Chelsea brought up here that helps you be like water when you know you can make up value somewhere else. But one guy on this list uh, that's not on this list for I wanted to ask you guys one guy that's not on this list that will be on this list by the end of next week. Um, what what are your guys' thoughts on that? So Johnny, who is a guy not in the top twenty four that will be by the end of the year? So. I couldn't just hold my be- my myself back with just one person, so I had to go. Uh, so I mentioned before in the show. As, no, I, I can never do that. Um, so Christian Kirk, I had mentioned it uh, in the last segment. I definitely think Christian Kirk could be a guy, especially in the offense that he is, that he's in. Chelsea talked about. You look at some of those the four teams; they're all really, really good offenses with good quarterbacks. That's what they have in common. And guess what? Christian Kirk has a good quarterback and a good offense. So I do think. And how can I not? How can I go another show? I've already, you know, I've gone to show almost every show mentioning AJ Brown, how much I love him. I've gone to every show almost talking about uh, Kenyon Drake, how much I love him. Uh, and I can't not not talk about my other guy terry mclaurin i can't believe he's not on this list this is insane terry mclaurin will be on this list 100 percent like both of those picks especially christian kirk you know i'm a big fan he's on my dynasty team but another player on my dynasty team a wide receiver just mentioned him um in passing is marquise hollywood brown I think Marquise Brown has the ability to be one of the most special players in this league just based on pure speed alone and he's going to be com- he's going to be tied to one of the brightest young quarterbacks in the league in Lamar Jackson. We've seen they have chemistry especially in the red zone. That makes me very happy because touchdowns are hard to come by uh, in the NFL, but if you're a speedster and you can you can mess around in the red zone uh, with your quarterback, I love it. Marquise Brown, I think, is going to be a lock for a wide receiver one next year when you're drafting, and I think he's definitely going to be within the top 24 this year. Um, Chelsea, did you have anybody not on the list? You were talking about not, you know number one wide receivers. Anybody come to mind for you? You know, I was surprised to see Stefan Diggs not on this list, and I think it's also just sort of a creature of habit, like expecting this guy. Um, he, uh, 
you know, and then he's also been talked about a lot because of COVID, just his um, real frustrations coming into this year. So I've had my yeah. mind on him a lot. Like maybe Boomer Bust is sort of where I'm I'm thinking he's going to have either a stellar year or he's really just going to like, you know, I don't know. Not but you can be Boomer all, Bust. And, yeah, you can be Boomer Bust and be on that list. Uh, a guy that comes to mind is Amari Cooper, who's being drafted high, but has a, a you know a success rate of every other week sometimes uh, when you get him going. So maybe it is something where Diggs winds up at the end of the year as a wide receiver too. Uh, sure. You know, especially cool. when you look at Buffalo, did support a wide receiver too last year right. in uh, in John Brown. So are they too similar? We've talked about this before. I uh, don't want to get too much into it, but. I mean, that's that's kind of where that's at. So Stefan Diggs, very interesting name that could be there. Well, to bring Where's it full circle, to bring it full circle, that's what um, or, or earlier when we were talking uh, the, the topic from earlier today, uh, they were they were saying that um, one of the most overrated things to to look at is the overall season and being like oh he finished yeah. with this amount of stats yeah and it's not like, his points per game right and so yeah. that is interesting uh to look at yeah 100 percent. whisper nation we want to know what you think though about the top 24 adp any guys too high any guys too low uh who should be on there uh that isn't on there and what your thoughts are on wide receiver ones and, and there and the adp as it stands july 8th um but you guys, you have just a limited amount of time to pre-sale the Fantasy Whispers draft kit for 2020. Usually this thing is $15. We are pre-selling it, pre it right now to you for $10. That's an unbelievable deal. Uh, you can get this draft kit right now going to the fantasywhispers.com. This thing is fully loaded with player profiles, risk assessor, a bunch of uh, consistency charts. We have a cheat sheet in there. We have got everything you need to help dominate your league, bring you some, home some hardware, and, you know, stay with your boys and, and get a, you know, it's like we're drafting with you, Johnny. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like we're there. So go ahead and get that, thefantasywhispers.com. You can pre, uh, you can pre-order that now and when it releases next week july 15th it becomes 15 dollars. so don't miss out on that five dollar discount right off the bat for johnny game time hicks chelsea lee buyers i'm big travi we are the fantasy whispers and we are out peace peace thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.